So tonight is kind of the fourth installment of our Q&A on the war on, uh, the war on truth, uh, kind of flowing from the sermon series I did related to the war on truth, COVID-19, um, and, and all of that. So I'll say at the out front that you might be tired of hearing about COVID. Um, who isn't? I'm tired of studying it, looking at it from all different standpoints, but um, there's much that we can learn as Christians to sharpen our worldview on this. And I will say, I'm going to try to make this the last Wednesday evening dedicated to this. And if, if you didn't get your question answered and, and you still need it, please just email me or, or talk to me or something like that. And I'll try to handle that in an email to you um, so we don't like keep dragging this out and beating this um, to death, so to speak. Tonight, I want to deal with a very pertinent uh, issue, kind of building on everything we've talked about thus far. I want to deal with the issue of vaccine, vaccine mandates that are so um, pressing to our times and um, depending on where you work. And um, that is a question that's being um, jammed down people's throats in one way or another. So um, I received three related questions to these. So I'm doing a throw out the questions um, just together, and then I'm going to just kind of lump them into an answer uh, for tonight's session. So the questions um, are, are flow this way, and again, they're, they're related. If a Christian is opposed to receiving the COVID-19 vac- vac- COVID vac- uh, vaccine, is he or she morally justified in refusing the vaccine? Uh, secondly, is refusing the vaccine a moral issue? Is refusing the vaccine a moral issue if the government passes a law requiring one to take it? Or you could add to that if your employer demands that you take it. Um, How are Christians to respond to government mandates if they are clearly illegal or constitutional? So um, I just want to reference that this, this does build on the other sessions that we've done, talking about kind of our Romans 13 understanding of government and then... Um, and the last time we looked at um, whether it's ever permitted for Christians to practice civil disobedience. And so I referenced those previous lessons because this builds on that. Um, preliminary, uh, my preliminary thoughts is that there's no simple yes or no answer as to whether or not to take the COVID uh, vaccine. I'll, I'll um, uh, use their uh, kind of scare quotes around the word vaccine. I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, we need to be spiritually alert, thinking discerningly, and not assume that the government is making the best decisions uh, for you and for me. And I, I just want us to, to keep in mind, obviously, there's a lot of passages that, that kind of come to my mind, but to, to limit it to some opening thoughts, uh, Colossians 2 comes to mind, Colossians 2 beginning at verse 8. There Paul says, See to it that no one ca- takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. 
when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And again, I know this context is about Christ. It's about the gospel. Um, but don't, don't um, neglect the fact that we see the fact that this world is trying to take us captive. Um, you know, if you, are, if you are in Christ, you have been rescued from captivity. You are in the kingdom of light, not in the kingdom of darkness. But the world is nonetheless trying to take you captive through philosophy and empty deception. So this takes many forms. And obviously there, this is primarily about, about philosophies that would pull you away from Christ. But again, don't think that what's going on around us isn't a spiritual warfare. Right? Christ is Lord. And if he were to tell you to take a vaccine, you would take it. There would be no argument, no discussion, right? if he should do that. But our government is trying to play the place of God. And so you need to be very careful with what this uh, demigod government is trying to tell you to do. So you need to exercise extreme discernment. Secondly, from Second Second Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians ten, we we understand. Looking at verse three, we understand that though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. So our government's not our enemy. Um, the Democrats are our enemy. People who are at the CDC are not your enemy. Right? So let's not go walking around with an enemy type type of attitude, but let's recognize that this is a spiritual battle. He says. Here, he says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. For the destruction of fortresses, we are destroying speculations. And everything, everything lofty, sorry, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So just the idea of taking every thought captive, being on guard, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that includes everything, all, all thoughts. Um, this world is very much motivated right now by fear. Fear, fear, fear. Right? That, that the news plays on it, your government plays on it, because they know if you're fearful, if you're living in fear, you, you will do things you wouldn't normally do uh, in order to try to protect yourself. Tie that together with the passage in 2 Timothy 3. 3.13 just says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So not only are they deceived, but they're deceiving. And we know that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving that they may not see. So we've talked about these things. These are just reminders. So as we as we talk about um, you know the COVID vaccine uh, mandates, let's let's just realize that this isn't just a medical issue. If it were, I'd sit down and you know science would have its say. But obviously, um, there's a lot going on, and that word science gets thrown around as kind of like a big baton to hit you upside the head with. According to and it, and whoever depends on who's swinging the bat as to who it's aimed at. 
right? That's not really science. Um, so I'm just going to step through some things. So, so understand that there's a there's a spiritual battle, and and we um, I, I appreciate uh, some some of you prayed about it. Just that there's a lot of negativity in our in our world today. We we are really called to rejoice even in the midst of a battle. We're called to be peaceable. We're not called to be anxious. In fact, we're supposed to be anxious for nothing. So in the midst of everything going on, um, it's not doom and gloom for us as Christians. And as I as I mentioned on uh, my message on Sunday, it's actually a really good time to be a Christian if you're willing to be bold, because you're going to have opportunities to proclaim Christ that you probably wouldn't have had otherwise. And as the as they get darker around us, then the light of Christ becomes brighter and brighter. So there's there's a, a positive side in, in, in all of this. So in, in tackling the issue of vaccine mandates, uh, there's, there's one thing I, uh, or there's a starting place I'd like to start, and that's with definitions. Now, some of this um, is going to overlap with what we've already what I've already said and some with what uh, Dr. Brown has already said with his message, which is also online more on the directly on the medical thing. But I wanted to hit this a little bit more because of how the goalposts are shifting and the information that's coming out about um, so, so many of these things, the vaccine, the vaccine mandates and things like that. So it's, it's pertinent. Um, these things are pertinent to you making a decision about whether you'll comply with a mandate to, to be vaccinated. And, that, and obviously, if, if you've already had vaccinated, um, then my plea is just listen and learn. Um, don't just check out. Because um, what I'm trying to do is teach you a, a process for thinking, a process on, on how to think through things. And, and if nothing else, just understand there are others in this in our small congregation who who haven't taken the vaccine and, and may not and are wrestling with this and what, what to do. So, um, you know, we, we want to be united in this. And, and so recognizing that um, ultimately, as you'll hear later, ultimately, this is a personal decision, whether you uh, take the vaccine or whether you comply with a mandate or not. Um, but we want to be supportive of one another in this. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I just have to kind of walk through some things that I think are critical for you to think about if, if you haven't taken the vaccine and are being threatened with some kind of vaccine mandate. First thing I want you to understand is the definition of a vaccine. The definition of a vaccine has changed. Now, it's not surprising words change with time. So the, the, the fact that a definition changes doesn't mean it's sinister and evil. But it's important that we notice how it changes. Okay. So the Miller-Kine Encyclopedia and Dictionary of Medicine, 7th edition, 2003, defines a vaccine this way. A suspension of attenuated or killed microorganisms, that is viruses, bacteria, or rixetia, which is, uh, I'll explain it in a minute, administered for prevention, amelioration, or treatment of infectious diseases. So couple of big words that I choked on medically, Dr. Brown could probably connect, correct my pronunciation on, but amelioration is the process of making something bad or unpleasant. So if you can't, can't totally fix it, you're just trying to improve it. Um, and uh, rixetia um, are any like gram negative parasitic bacteria like um, lice or ticks that, that cause those kind of diseases. So again, uh, vaccine is a suspension of attenuated or killed microorganisms administered for prevention, amelioration, or treatment of infectious diseases. Uh, in Collins Dictionary of Biology, this is 2005, defines a vaccine 
as a as a, a preparation containing live attenuated or inactivated that is killed microorganisms that is used to stimulate an immune response in the recipient which gains immunity a key key things to to note there is that it's um it gains immunity there's an, a, a a stimulated immune response um now I'm going to give you some definitions from the CDC, and the, the definition of a vaccine at the CDC has changed. Um, and I think Dr. Brown pointed this out when he went through the material. But in 2012, uh, and this comes from a source called the Wayback Machine. I don't know if you've ever heard heard about that, but it kind of records websites. And um, so if you think you're you change a website and the information is gone, you can usually find it on the Wayback Machine. It records what that website was like. So that's that's where this comes from. So the CDC in 2012 defined a vaccine as a product that produces immunity, therefore protecting the body from disease. A product that produces immunity, therefore protecting the body from the disease. In 2015, the definition was changed slightly. A product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. Notice that last phrase, protecting the person from that disease. Then in August 2021, the definition was changed to this, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, um, uh, uh, protecting the person from from the disease. Um, You know, it looks like I got the same definition twice, so scratch that. I'll have to look up and correct that. Um, in th- There was a change in August 2021, and I copied the wrong um, the wrong thing there, my apologies. But in, in, uh, the, in September, so they changed it in August, and then in September, they changed it again. So changed it in August 2021, and in September, they changed it again. So the September 21 I have, in September 2021, they said a preparation, a vaccine is a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases, period. Nothing about any kind of protection. So we, we recognize that no vaccine is like 100% effective, but, but, the, but, it, but even the CDC defined a vaccine as offering protection years ago, where they no longer do that, right? But it's kind of sleight of hand. They didn't really tell you about that. So based on this, um, I just wanted to point these things out because we must conclude that the current COVID-19 vaccinations, as Dr. Brown pointed out, do not meet the traditional definition of a vaccination. And so we talk about vaccines or vaccinations regarding COVID. um, They're not the traditional. They're not. uh, You do not use live or attenuated or inactivated COVID virus. Um, and they don't offer the protection uh, aspect, um, even by the CDC's definition. Although they're going to tell you that the the uh, vaccine um, is safe and effective, I'll keep keep repeating that message. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the the vaccine doesn't meet the traditional definition. That doesn't make it bad. I'm just telling you, it doesn't meet the traditional definition of a vaccine. And so. I prefer to use the word, uh, use scare quotes around the word vaccine. We talk about COVID vaccines. So I won't, I won't keep saying that, but uh, know that that's the intent there. I'm not endorsing the fact uh, or the advertisement that these, um, these shots are actually doing what they are supposed to be doing and providing 
a vaccination. So understand there's been a shift in definitions. Secondly, um, really thirdly, um, gather, we need to gather, you know, current information about COVID. Now, most of us are like just COVID brain dead, I think, and that, and that we just want it to go away. We're tired of hearing about it uh, both ways. Um, but I just, again, I plead with you to listen to both sides. You're probably already inundated uh, with the pro-COVID vaccine case, but if you're not, you can go to the CDC and the FDA websites and read all of their information um, about it in support of the vaccine. What you don't hear much about is the the whole case against vaccine, or and this is not these are not anti-vaxxers in general. So I think it's important to point out that most of the people who are COVID uh, vaccine hesitant are not anti-vaxxers. Um, including me. But for the anti-COVID vaccine case, you can visit uh, America's Frontline Doctors, truthforhealth.org. Uh, um, and I, I don't usually hand up my notes, but I thought there were so many uh, links and, and helps and trying to write all this down would be very difficult. So I want you to go investigate these things if you're wrestling with these decisions. There's interviews with Dr. Peter McCullough, a highly respected um, a doctor and a research doctor who has spoken out much uh, about uh, what is going on. So go listen to the other side. I'm not saying the other side is all telling the truth either. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is you need to go listen. So uh, just the idea there that, um, you know, that, that we don't need to give an answer before we've heard. And uh, to, to give a response be, before we hear things out is, is foolish. So just the idea of Proverbs 17, 13 and 18 there, it's, just gather information. Fourthly, I want to just um, say officially what, you're, what many are thinking and understand that, that we need to be warned that the, the pro-COVID vaccine side is aggressively suppressing information, censoring uh, unconforming medical personnel and trying to shut down any debate about the efficacy and safety of the COVID vaccines. So just, just ask yourself, just think about this. Truth never fears the light and the heat of an honest and open debate. Right? That's true. And that's always true. Truth never fears the light and heat of an honest and open debate. The doctors that are pro that are vaccine hesitant, COVID vaccine hesitant, are just asking for an open and honest debate. They're asking for the opportunity to treat their patients the way that they think is best for their patients. They're not being given that opportunity. That conversation is being shut down, right? Doctor's licenses are being threatened. They're being threatened with job loss. They're being threatened with license loss. And the list goes on. Dr. Peter McCullough himself is is being sued. So, there, there, is, um, there is a suppression of truth. So ask yourself, if the government's case, if the CDC's case, if the FDA's case is so, is so strong, why are they afraid to have an open and honest debate about this? Why is the government not allowing any debate on the efficacy or safety of the COVID vaccines? None. I pointed this out in the War on Truth, but it's, it's like ramped up. It's on steroids right now. Why is the government and, and most medical boards, not all medical boards, but most medical boards threatening COVID vaccine resistant doctors and medical staff with 
loss of job, license, or ability to practice? Why are they taking nurses who have effectively ministered uh, uh, and served COVID floors and COVID patients, and they've served them 18 months, but and, and they've survived because they've, they've made it this far? Why are these same nurses now having their arms twisted behind their back? As, you know, before the nurses were the heroes, and, and they still are. But why are we treating them now as, as, um, as non-heroes? Twisting their arms to, to get vaccinated or they're going to lose their job. And it's not just nurses. Why? Ask yourself. And, and be wise what you listen to. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that on the vaccine hesitant side, everything you hear is, is golden. I'm not. Be careful with what you hear. There's some really wacky stuff out there. Okay? Read credible resources. And it's often wise, um, you know, don't, don't run with the first thing you hear. Look it up and see if, if there are, at, you know, two or three credible doctors saying the same thing. There's probably some, some truth to what they're saying. Um, you know, if it's a freelance artist who's trying to sell his next book, don't buy into what he's saying. At least not without checking out his sources. But understand there's, there's a suppression of truth. Fifthly, understand the development of the COVID vaccines. And again, I think Dr. Brown touched on this, but I need to, to highlight it. These vaccines, um, all but one, are still experimental. They're still experimental. Emergency use, authorized for emergency use. Pfizer has obtained FDA approval, but Eric highlighted that process was different than any other before, any other process, approval process. And the last I knew, the actual, the actual vaccine that's FDA approved isn't even available yet. So understand that by law, the government cannot force you to take an experimental vaccine. So your, your, government, your, your employer can threaten something, let them threaten. They have no legal grounds to make you take an experimental vaccine vaccine. And, and again, what's being uh, um, put out now by, by Pfizer, what people are taking now by Pfizer is still the experimental version of that. It's kind of a bait and switch type deal. Um, none of the COVID vaccines have data on their long-term effect on health. I have to say this, because what you're hearing from the government is it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. But they don't know what the long-term effect on health is. Um, they don't know what the short or the long-term effect is on pregnancy. They don't know what the short or long-term effect is on people who have already had a COVID infection and recovered. Because people who already had COVID People who are pregnant were excluded from the initial studies. So right now we're experimenting, right? The, the world is the experimentation. I'll, I'll back that statement up later. Um, but, but, but we're in like a stage three trial right now, and you are the experiment if you've taken that. And I don't say that to scare anybody. I'm just trying to put that out there and say this is reality of what it is. Ultimately, our lives are in the Lord's hands. So we should not be scared. We're not to be motivated by anxiety. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to help you to understand. I'm trying to help you 
see that, that this whole uh, mantra for get vaccinated and buy into the mandate, you need to stop and think about um, what's, what's behind that. It's not just about a traditional vaccine. Sixthly, understand the safety concerns and the potential side effects of the current COVID vaccines. Again, there's some helpful videos. I've linked them there. Dr. Ryan Cole on post-investigation investigational vaccine death, a very reasonable presentation. And another one from Dr. Lee Merritt on what is uh, VAERS and what, what does it show. Um, despite the government's appeal that the current COVID vaccines are safe, Note the, the, the following data is directly from the Vaccine Adverse uh, Events Reporting System, VAERS, which contains 701,559 reports through September 10th, uh, 2021. And admittedly, those are, these are underreported. So it, the, um, now this is somewhat anecdotal, as Eric pointed out when he covered this, meaning it's hard to know sometimes exactly what is what causes, uh, for example, someone to have a vaccine, any vaccine, and they die? It's kind of hard to know for sure unless there's a study done. Was it was it vaccine for sure vaccine related? So this is just reported. It's not like filtered to see if the data is good, but it is what it is. It's a system that's been in place for many years uh, before COVID. So these are the ones just related to, to to COVID. Okay, this is this is pulling out that just related to COVID. 14,925 deaths, 60,741 hospitalizations, 80,393 urgent care visits, 110,839 doctor office visits, uh, 5,959 anaphylaxis, some kind of allergic reaction, uh, 8,156 Bell's palsy, so basically as part of your face goes numb. And it could be fairly short-lived temporarily, or for some, it could be longer lasting. For a minority, it could be, uh, you could have symptoms for life. Again, that's, that's rare, it's a small number of people. And I gave you some links to that. Um, just this week, and I just for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all this. I, I, I put all this information in the notes, and I'll make this available on, on our website as well for those that listen to this message later. But just this week, Project Veritas published a video of an employee of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services who's blowing the whistle on what she has seen. Um, so basically, she's reporting that the um, at least the hospital she works for is not reporting adverse effects, uh, adverse effects that are experienced um, after people have the vaccine. So um, some of that is just from a pragmatic standpoint. Doesn't mean that the doctors are evil. Keep in mind to report anything takes, um, I've been told, a half an hour. So in a busy doctor's life, um, if they see two or three or four events, I don't know how many they might see in an evening, but that requires time. But beyond just the time, this particular whistleblower is saying that it's the, un, the, the non-reporting is intentional. And you can go look that up. Project Veritas released a part one of their video uh, just this week, and there'll be more to come on that. Um, but it, it's uh, this uh, particular employee, Jody O'Malley, uh, really has a very sad story just of one of her employees who was coerced in taking, into taking, the, so one of the nurses into taking the COVID uh, vaccine. And she developed complications um, from that vaccine and later died. 
So I don't say that, again, I'm not trying to do scare tactics here. This is reality. You can go look it up. What you're hearing from the government is safe and effective, safe and effective. Why are they not having an honest conversation about complications? And I recognize that even if you look at all these, with everybody that's been vaccinated, small minority, right? Small percentage. And it is. And I'm thankful. I, I know people that have taken the vaccine and they apparently have no side effects. Praise God for that. I'm thankful for that. Okay. Um, all I'm saying is when you start coercing people to take something, you better well let them know what could happen. So if there is a at least a small percentage um, of complications that could happen, you better tell them that before you coerce them to take something. But our government is not doing that. So again, I, I leave you to, to look at that um, uh, Veritas information. I, I pulled out some, some key quotes on that. But um, just as a historical lesson, this isn't the first time that our government has done this. It was news to me because in the 70s, I was so young, I didn't, I was just into basketball and whatever I was in, in the 70s. So, but in the 70s, there was a swine flu epidemic and the government became convinced that everybody needed to have the swine flu vaccine. And they began pushing it and, and, um, you know, Hollywood actors, they would, you know, they even uh, on the video I link here, um, you can even see them. They're all lined up and they have these like air guns um, and they just walk through and they're like, ching, 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 you know, and actually I told Eric, that's exactly what I went through in the U.S. military. They lined you up, um, you know, shirtless, just a line of guys and they had doctors on either side and they were just like shooting your arm up as you walk through and there was no wiping. There was no change of bottles or nothing and i'm just there was nothing so you know whatever the guy in front of you had i guess that's what you got so you know that, that's the way the government was so it's accurate when it to that time frame um and i guess i and i went through boot camp in the what in the 90s so um so not, not much change from the 70s to the 90s i guess but Anyway, all I have to say is that the swine flu vaccination caused a lot of complications. And in fact, people died. Um, after three people died from the swine flu uh, vaccine, uh, nine states halted their rollout of that. And then more investigations were into that. It's kind of interesting. The 60 Minutes uh, does an expose on it. And what you'll see there is the fact we've lost that. We've lost the investigative reporter who who's has a national platform. You know, we, there's the, the small platforms that are trying to, to do investigative reporting, but, but the big guys in news don't do investigative reporting anymore. So you see some of that from the 1970s. Seventhly, understand that the efficacy of the current COVID vaccines, and, and um, I'll, you'll see this several times through here, but, but um, um, John MacArthur in his uh, Grace to You blog article um, that he Put out, I think it was put out today, has some very helpful points. So I just want to encourage you to go read through that. It's a longer, a longer blog than typical. But he says we have we have ample evidence. We now have ample evidence, including data from the CDC's own reports, that the vaccines don't work as advertised. Um, but what he means by that is that they're advertised at like 91% um, efficiency or efficacy. Um, so uh, by September 2021, 70% of Californians have been vaccinated, but statewide numbers of people who tested positive were still rising. 
In August 2021, 364 people at Duke University tested positive for the virus. Only eight were unvaccinated. All the rest, 356 people were fully vaccinated but became infected with the virus anyway. The university's response was to tighten their mask mandate. Um, doesn't, it's not, again, not driven by science. Um, and in August uh, 27th, 2020, a CDC report entitled The Effectiveness of COVID-19 Vaccines in Presenting uh, SARS-CoV-2 Infection Among Frontline Workers Before and During the Delta Variant Predominance. It was this, it reported um, that adjusted vaccine effectiveness during the Delta predominant period was 66% compared with 91% during the months preceding the Delta predominance. Data from Israel and elsewhere showing that natural immunity from previous infection from COVID is better at protecting you from the fu from future infection than any of the COVID vaccines. And again, MacArthur's uh, just his words on his blog: If the vaccines work, those who had been who those who have been vaccinated would have nothing to fear from exposure to those who haven't. Ironically, as noted above, some of the most fearful people speaking out today are people who have already been vaccinated. Eighthly, understand that COVID vaccines do not prevent transmission. You hear that a lot today because a lot of being pressured. Get vaccinated. Love your neighbor. You don't want to kill someone else's child. Uh, all those kind of uh, what I call scare tactics are being used out there. You're gonna. You, I have heard it. You have heard it, and and you will hear it. You see the signs in the door. If you're fully vaccinated, masks are optional. As if a person that's vaccinated can't spread it. Understand that anybody can spread this if they are symptomatic. So if you get the if you are infected, that is, you have symptoms, you are contagious. Whether you've had the vaccine or whether you haven't had the vaccine, the vaccine doesn't change that. So if you're symptomatic, coughing, have a fever, um, those kind of things, uh, loss of appetite, uh, loss of sorry, loss of taste, those kind of things that are typical to COVID. If you have any of those symptoms, you're contagious during those period. So and then and that just being having the vaccine doesn't change that. But our and again, this is an area that our society is being very deceptive about to put pressure on the unvaccinated. Um, so all that to say is this: this kind of destroys the idea that the vaccinated um, can run around maskless while the unvaccinated still need to mask. Ninthly, understand um, that whether to take one of the current COVID vaccines is is a personal decision. I, I give you two quotes from Jack Hughes, John MacArthur. Um, I'm gonna leave those uh, with you to, to read, but I just wanna emphasize, this is a personal decision. Um, personal decision. So um, you may decide that, that and, and uh, some have already done this, that it's in your best interest to take the vaccine. That's fine. And some are, some are going to say, decide that it's not in their best interest. That's fine. Look at, look at point 10 on page seven. Here's what I want you to hear. Do not let anyone threaten you into taking a COVID vaccine, even to protect your job or career interest. So I'm, I'm a um, pastor, which means I'm a shepherd. Um, probably a better analogy, I know it's not in the scripture, a better analogy would be a sheepdog. Right? I get really upset when people start manipulating you to make a decision that you don't think is the best decision for you. When they put you in a decision to, to decide between your career or your health. So there is so much pressure on the unvaccinated right now that is just, just not right. Society is telling you that being unvaccinated is being vaccinated is the loving thing to do. 
Many in society believe that arguing against COVID vaccine mandates is like arguing against drunk driving laws. Can you believe that? That was in the Medina Post poll. I put the little screenshot capture of it. So 49.2% of people in Medina think that um, that arguing against vaccine mandates, not, not vaccine mandates in general, but COVID vaccine mandates is like arguing against drunk driving laws. That That just lacks data, it lacks logic. Right? But again, this is the pressure you're going to be put under if you're not vaccinated. Um, vaccine passports are all the rage in the conversations. So, and there's talk by some, um, Jack Hughes, I gave you an article by Jack Hughes where he talks about, there are people talking about using fake uh, vaccine passports, but that's only going to last just a little bit of while because there's going to be, if this goes forward, there's going to be a digital passport for sure rolled out by either Microsoft or um, IBM. By the way, IBM already has theirs and it's ready to be deployed for any company that wants to start accessing it to keep their employees safe, quote unquote. Um, understand that the medical evidence argues against vaccine passports since the COVID vaccines are not stopping infections. Right? Again, please hear me if you have already received the vaccine. I'm not saying you made a mistake, right? I'm trying to help those who haven't made that decision to make that decision to help you work through how are you going to respond to the situation. And as your shepherd, again, trying to help you think through things, vaccine passports appear to be a ploy for more control over our lives and will, if implemented, they will at least lay the framework for the devil's ability to control who buys and sells in the end times. Just look at Revelation 13. I'm not saying those systems are the same systems. I'm just saying we're putting into motion things that the Bible does talk about at the end times. And these things uh, ought not to be uh, in place. There's no need for them. Now, if you decide that it's not in your best interest to take the vaccine, carefully consider it and kindly request all legitimate exemptions. I'm not saying you have to lose your job. Again, this is your decision. Uh, you may want to reach out to the church, right? If you if you think you qualify for religious exemption, right? So we have a, a template that we could we could provide. Uh, keep in mind, you do not need the church, Medina Bible Church, to ask for a religious exemption. So this is a religious exemption is an individual right established by our government. By the Constitution, so again, you don't have to you don't have to like show evidence that taking a vaccine is tied to a doctrinal statement of the church, right? Which it's not, obviously, because we don't talk about that at all. Um, so you can explore that. It, uh, you can explore a medical exemption if you've already had COVID. Right? You can make a case, and a lot of places don't even want to discuss that. But but again, there you could make a good case, and and some have, and some have won. Um, and some have been allowed exemptions. If you have antibodies that, that show that you're resilient to, to COVID, you, you could um, uh, seek a, a medical exemption. Uh, if you've had complications from previous vaccinations, uh, you can look into this. Uh, there's also the religious conscientious exemption due to, the, due to how the vaccines are developed and their connections with cloned fetal uh, cell line tissues. But realize that a that a, 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 um, a religious exemption is not tied. People want to tie it simply to the development of the vaccine, and, and that, that is not it. 
a religious conviction can be as simple as, I don't believe that God wants me to take this. I don't believe it is in my best interest to take this. God's made me a steward of my body, and I should not take this. And that, that's as simple as the um, as a religious conscience exemption can be. And if these if the appeals fail, um, then you have two options. One, take the vaccine. Um, and note that taking the vaccine in this manner may strengthen the authority of the employer, school, government, and future matters. Uh, secondly, you can refuse the vaccine. Uh, note that rejecting the vaccine may cost you your job or opportunity to study at the school of your choice, but you can trust our sovereign God to direct the affairs of your life. And if you take this route, it's recommended not to quit your job. This comes from the frontline doctors. Um, you know, um, don't don't let them you know take the easy route out. Easy route out, and um, easy don't let your employer take the easy route by simply. Um, by you quitting, right? Uh, there's some legal challenges that they're going to have to going to have to face in that. Um, and then, if you're dismissed, you can joyfully accept the dismissal, knowing that God is sovereign and that He is using this to to redirect your life. Be respectful so that you honor the Lord in your leaving, and you can rest assured that God will provide a, another opportunity to study um, or to work another job. And I also want to add with that that your church body is going to be with you. You are not alone in this. Right? So we are there to help you, what it, you know, for prayer. Um, and even even if it comes down to needing things financially, that's the body of Christ is there to help you. So don't don't let someone twist your arm and cause you to panic um, to make a decision you don't want to make. Now, um, I left probably the most important part to the end. All right, point eleven. Remember that how you respond spiritually to this is much more important than whether you get the vaccine or not. How you respond spiritually is much more important than whether whether you get the vaccine or not. So live live as a witness for Jesus Christ. Don't fear death. Live by faith in the Son of God. Proclaim the gospel boldly. And, and remember what is important. So I'm just going to highlight these. I gave you part of the information, and you can read through it. Um, the church must stand firm on the truth. Scripture says the church is a pillar and support of truth, all truth, of, of scriptures primarily, but all truth. In that role, we are often pitted against popular opinion and, and media narratives. It's a task that normally calls for boldness rather than subtlety. And it would be sinfully negligent for any church to remain passive or pliant when waves of misinformation dominate popular opinion and deliberately foment anxiety. What makes the current case especially urgent is the way the officials have intentionally fueled public angst with rentless propaganda, then exploited the public's fears in order to justify banning public worship, even while bars, strip clubs, and casinos remain open, and the radical political protesters are permitted to swarm the streets. And again, all this comes from John MacArthur, Grace to You blog. Secondly, joy, not fear, should dominate the fellowship of believers. The New Testament is full of instructions and encouragements for Christians to cultivate joy, even in the midst of persecution and distress. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. One mark of a faithful church is that they are rejoicing in hope, not cowering in fear. Fear of death is an object enslavement, and that is the very thing Christ came to liberate us from. Thirdly, we must be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. COVID crisis has been and continues to be a malignant source of division and conflict in otherwise sound churches. 
It is frankly preposterous and deeply troubling that any church leader would regard COVID as a greater threat to the church than disunity. Researchers say the recovery rate among those infected with the virus is as high as 99.75%. Many who test positive for COVID have no symptoms at all. The vast majority who do show symptoms are only mildly ill. Yet some church leaders have said that they will henceforth forbid worshipers to attend if they cannot show proof of vaccination. Others sequester unmasked or unvaccinated worshipers apart from the main congregation. Thus, they literally rebuild a middle wall of partition between diverse groups of believers, um, defying the principle of Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. In the context of a church gathering, masks are an obvious impediment to congregational singing, face-to-face fellowship, and normal human interaction. Regardless, the question of whether to wear a mask in church should be treated as an entirely entirely a matter of personal conscience. Churches must not canonize rules of behavior they have no, they have, that have no basis in Scripture. On all such matters not addressed either explicitly or by precept in Scripture, each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. On matters where the law of God is silent, who are you to judge your neighbor? Those same principles hold true on the question of vaccines. If the vaccines worked, those who have been vaccinated would have nothing to fear. Um, going down, uh, I want to just... Um, Cover the few sentences down. What is the church's duty under these circumstances? The question of whether to get a vaccine should be a personal, private, medical decision between each individual and his or her physician. It is not a matter where either the church or the government ought to intrude, especially by force of law. Personal medical decisions are not something we are obliged to render unto Caesar, and the church cannot become an enforcement agency for Caesar. For a church to demand proof of vaccination is to set a legal standard that is not authorized by Scripture. Again, the church is a place where the people of God come together as one without passing judgment on one another over questions of conscience. And the issues of masks and vaccines are nothing if not matters of personal conscience. So the choice of whether to be vaccinated or not, or whether to wear a mask or not, should left, be left entirely up to each individual. And lastly, a company of believers is not a church if they don't gather. So he just he's arguing that we must, we must gather physically, even, even when authorities forbid that. So understand that my, my intention here um, is to try to help you think through how to respond to a vaccine that the mandates. And if you have particular questions, feel free to reach out to me either by email or personal conversation, phone call, whatever, and I will do my best to answer those. Um, and know that we live in times that are, and sometimes uh, the worst of times, other times the best of times. Right? There's lots of opportunities to proclaim Christ. And we just need to be faithful to do that, faithful to love each other, faithful to minister to one another and care for one another as God calls us to do. Well, let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we just um, want to just thank you that you rule over all. And we just want to commit these things to you and just ask, Lord God, that you would help people to process what's been said here to, to uh, Lord, if there's any chaff to... Lord, to just kind of weed that out and, and to, to keep the gold and keep what's wise and helpful. And I just ask, Lord God, that you would just help us to be uh, thinking, to be wise, to be on the alert. And Lord, to live uh, boldly for Christ and for the gospel, uh, for your name's sake. Help us to encourage one another, to stir one another, to love and good deeds. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the pulpit ministry of Medina Bible Church in Medina, Ohio. You can find church information, a complete sermon library, and other helpful materials 
at medinabible.org. This message is copyrighted by Medina Bible Church. All rights reserved.